Hi, everyone. Today's podcast episode is about a subject I know a lot of women struggle with, how to get healthier, how to lose weight if desired, and most importantly, how to create long-lasting mindset shifts that improve your mental, emotional, and physical well-being. I'll share my own health journey story about how I changed my health drastically in the past year, along with a 45-pound weight loss. Plus, I'm excited that you'll get to hear from my special guest as she shares her own journey to better health, including a 150-pound weight loss in a little over a year. In fact, one of her TikTok videos about her health journey has over 3 million views. Wow. We each had different methods and purposes for wanting to get healthier, including different rock bottom moments. Our goal here today is to give you hope that you also can start improving your life one day and one step at a time. So let's get started. Hi friends. Welcome to the Enneagram Girl podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Larkey. On this podcast, we explore all things Enneagram and relationships, from friendships to dating to marriage and parenting and everything else in between. As a certified Enneagram life coach and marriage coach, I'll help you understand why and how your Enneagram type affects all the relationships in your life and how to improve them, including the one with yourself. For full show notes and resources of each episode, head to Enneagramgirl.com. Now let's get started. Thank you all for joining me today. This is such a vulnerable podcast for me to share and one I didn't think I'd actually share publicly, but here goes nothing. Losing weight and becoming healthier, along with improving my mental well-being, my emotional stability, even my spiritual fortitude, is one of the hardest goals that all of us as women go through. And it's even harder when you go through it alone. So my special guest and I wanted to share how we really leaned in to a growing friendship and became each other's biggest support system, especially in the early parts of our journey. But first, I want to state that neither of us is pretending to be a doctor or have any sort of health degree or wellness qualifications or weight loss expertise other than our own personal experience from the past 14 months. We are not proclaiming that we have all the answers to what you personally should do with your own body. But we both deeply believe in helping women in all areas of life, especially the areas we've worked hard on our own personal growth in. We want you to know that you don't have to feel so alone in the more difficult seasons of life. We also want to share the lessons that each of us has learned and the wisdom we've gained through this process. Both of us have had very different paths that have led us to successful, sustained weight loss and better health, while also supporting one another, regardless of the unique things that set us apart. And in this process, we've become dear friends and health accountability partners. My special guest today is my friend and colleague, Leah Hope Mancuso. She is an amazing professional portrait photographer and a business mentor right here in Scottsdale, Arizona. We initially connected via Instagram because we were in the same field as professional photographers, but the first time we actually met in person was at a photography conference called Show It United. Shout out to Show It in 2015. Then we started talking a little bit more in DMs on Instagram. Who doesn't these days? 
about all kinds of things from work to the Enneagram to the latest in pop culture and so much more. In the spring of 2022, one of those conversations was about health. We ended up going so deep and getting vulnerable about how we were really feeling physically. It turned out that we both had just started personal health journeys towards losing weight so that we could be healthier in all of the areas of our life from the inside out. We ended up talking almost every day after that via Marco. That's a a face messaging app for those of you who don't know. And we supported each other as we navigated the highs and the lows of losing weight and creating new and sustainable habits. We both wanted to take slow steps and not repeat our past dieting mistakes. We wanted so much more in our health journeys than just watching the number on the scale go down. So it felt super connective and safe to get honest and vulnerable with each other. Today, we're each going to share our personal stories about how we have continued to keep our health and our body's well-being, including emotional, at the very forefront of our lives, almost like it's our full-time job. And how that in turn has deeply affected so many other important areas of our lives. So if you're ready for some hope and some encouragement today, then without further ado, let's bring in Leah. Hi, my friend. Hi. Uh, I have to say as a regular listener of your podcast, I am so excited to be here and to be a part of this conversation today. Thank you so much, first of all, for being a regular listener and being one of the most awesome friends I've ever had and for joining me in this important topic. I know this is such a vulnerable area for both of us to just be sharing with anyone, much less strangers. Okay, so let's start from the beginning. I want to talk about the real stuff, the real, real, the hard stuff that made us both stop in our tracks and say enough is enough. We each like to refer to that moment in our lives as kind of our rock bottom moment or series of moments. So let's share that and where we felt like I refuse to continue feeling like this. I'm so done. I don't know where to start or how to start, but I'm going to try something, anything. And even though that's not the exact conversation that might've been going on in my head or your head, it was definitely the feeling we both had. And I'm sure a lot of you listening right now can really relate to this, that feeling of enough is enough. It is the time in our lives right now to just change something. So let's give everybody some hope today, shall we? Why don't you go ahead and start us off? Would you mind? (laughs) We're just jumping right in. Share that rock bottom moment or series of moment with all of us. Yes, I would love to. Yes, jumping right into the deep end here. (laughs) So I've spent the majority of my life in a larger body, even at almost 400 pounds. I almost felt comfortable in my discomfort, which Mm. shouldn't be surprising to any other Enneagram nines out there. It wasn't even until the last few years that I really started to notice how much harder I was making things for myself simply because of my size. It was in late 2021 and early 2022 that I realized I was at a place where something had to change, but I still just wasn't ready to drastically alter my entire life. That is until my personal rock bottom moment. My rock bottom moment came from one of your absolute favorite places in the world, Alicia. 
Disneyland. I went to Disneyland with my sister, brother-in-law, and nephew in March of 2022. I remember being nervous. I even journaled about it because I knew that that I was at the biggest size I had ever been going to Disneyland or any amusement park. So I was worried my body wouldn't be able to handle it. But I also didn't want to miss out on this experience with my three-year-old nephew, Lincoln. And I should also mention that becoming an aunt has been the greatest joy of my life up until this point. And it has been a huge motivating factor in me changing my life. I knew that I wanted to get healthier for him so that I could be around for him longer, but I had yet to start making choices that reflected that. But on this day at Disneyland, it was the final straw for me. I got a migraine a few hours into the day. My heat hurt. My back hurt. I was profusely sweating. I was uncomfortable and I couldn't fit on some of the rides and actually had to use a different entrance for the rides that had a turnstile because my body literally couldn't fit through it. It was anything but the happiest place on earth for me that day. We had to spend the last couple hours of the day sitting at a table on Main Street with my eyes closed and head down so I didn't make my migraine worse while my sister and her family were soaking up every moment in the park. The whole drive back to where we were staying, I was focusing on not throwing up from the migraine and regretting going at all. Honestly, I was feeling stupid for thinking I would be able to enjoy the day. I didn't want to miss out on this opportunity with my nephew, but I ended up feeling completely defeated. After that, I knew I had to do something drastic for myself. I could not keep living this way. I was missing out on too much and wasn't living anywhere close to my potential and the kind of life I dreamed of and hoped for. So I actually started researching weight loss retreat centers because I knew I couldn't do this alone. I had tried it alone my entire life and was never successful. I knew I needed something different. I got to the point where I realized staying the same was going to be harder than making the changes that I needed to make. A few days later on my birthday, actually, I woke up, started scrolling TikTok, which admittedly is not the healthiest way to start the morning. And I stumbled upon a song called Fat Funny Friend. This song is about what it's like to live your whole life feeling less than, feeling like you're not good enough and never feeling like you fully belong or fit in all because of your size. I listened to this song in my bed and sobbed, like truly sobbed. And remember, this is my birthday. What a way to start a birthday, right? I was crying because this song made me feel so seen, but also reminded me how alone I really felt. I was someone who never looked at my weight struggles, even with my closest family and friends. I tried to pretend like it didn't exist. And if I didn't bring it up, no one would notice, or at least that's what I told myself. I spent most of my life living in denial and pretending like everything was fine because that was easier than addressing the root of it all and being affected by it. It also drives me crazy when people complain about something they have power to change. So I never complained about my weight or size, literally never once, because I didn't want anyone to remind me that I could do something about it if I wanted to. I never wanted to bring attention to my size, which ultimately left me feeling lonely. And I didn't even realize it until I listened to that song crying alone in my bed on my birthday. That same morning, I decided to do something about what I was feeling. 
I called Skyterra Wellness, which is the weight loss retreat that I decided would be the best fit for me after spending days researching dozens of retreat centers. And I put down my deposit for my summer stay. I had an upset stomach for the rest of the weekend because I was so nervous about this huge decision I made to commit six weeks of working on my physical health across the country with a bunch of strangers. But even though I was anxious about it, I also still somehow felt at peace about it. And that is when everything changed for me. Or should I say that is when I changed everything. Oh, that is so good. I love how you put that at the end. You knew you were the only one that could change everything. Wow. It was, first of all, super hard not to take off these headphones and come hug you as you shared such personal story and, you know, talking about the loneliness that it felt like. And also just knowing my friend was crying in her bed on her birthday. I just wanted to hug you so much as you told that story. And of course, because we are dear friends and and we've been on this journey for uh, over a year now, I know this story, but every time you share it, it's just so impactful in my heart. And I'm sure impactful in the heart of others who are listening. And especially if your story is resonating with someone out there who's going through those same feelings and experiences. And I just, I just can't commend you enough for, for just being willing to share this in the ways of hoping to give hope to others and to connect and, and just really thank you. Awareness and accountability are big here on the Enneagram Girl podcast. You'll often hear those mentioned in my prior uh, podcast episodes as well. So thank you so much for sharing such a vulnerable story with my listeners today. And P.S., I cannot wait to take you back to Disney one day and we are going to ride everything together and have the best day ever. Okay. Well, I guess it's my turn now (laughs) and I really don't want to do this. You are so brave. Um, These things are just so hard to talk about, right? I really don't want to do this. So let's just end the podcast right here. Thank you so much for coming today. No, 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 no. Alicia, (laughs) as your accountability partner, it would be a disservice to you if I let you off the hook from this. Um, Please, I will give you $100. (laughs) Not going to happen. Okay, fine. (laughs) Okay, I guess I'll go ahead and embarrass myself for you. All right, you guys might need to settle in. (laughs) This is a long story. Okay, no, but seriously, it's, it's just so hard to talk about because I don't think... I really just let this all out to anyone except obviously like my closest friend group, because, you know, we all don't like talking about this as women. It's just something we've grown up knowing we don't talk about these kind of things. So it's been just so nice to um, be able to be vulnerable, but to people who I trust to not make fun or use this information to shame me or you know, make me feel less than or any of those things. So I just want to share that with all of you out there who are like, oh my gosh, I can never talk about this publicly on a podcast. Um, I'm really regretting (laughs) agreeing to do this today, um, even though I'm in charge of deciding to do this today. But I just, I'm, I'm encouraged to share because I know that the successes that I have had this past year on my journey have really inspired a few of the closest people in my life to start their own journeys. 
and to start becoming aware and taking accountability for their own health and for improving their lives. And for that, I'll, I'll throw my, I'll throw myself in front of the bus. So if I can do that for even one of my listeners today, I am willing to get into this discomfort of sharing my truth. Okay. So my rock bottom moment was at a doctor's appointment on March 23rd, 2022. That was about 14 months ago from the date that I'm recording this podcast. And that day changed the course of my life and woke me up. Okay. So I'm going to back up just a little bit. My friend and I, one of my besties and I made a pact as one of our new year's goals to book all the doctor's appointments that we had been blowing off for years. And when I say behind, I'm talking about years and years of not going to important doctor's appointments that you should be going to in your late forties and early fifties. I'm the one in the late forties. We both knew we needed to face our fears and honestly take better care of ourselves. This ended up being life-changing for both of us. As I discovered some unexpected health challenges and she discovered huge life-changing news. We both went to these doctor's appointments, not expecting this from our annual physicals to gynecologist checkups, to mammograms, dermatologists for strange moles, heart checkups, et cetera. We both hadn't been in so long. When I'm talking so long, I hadn't been to my gynecologist in six years. And here I was on that day. I hadn't done a mammogram in seven years. I hadn't done blood work or physical in longer than that. I know shame on me. I hear you. I was scared of the squishing and the prodding and the poking and the news, frankly, as I'm sure many people can relate to. Plus, and here's the the real crux of it, right? I knew I had gained weight faster than I had any time before in my life. But doesn't everyone gain some weight during the quarantine year of chaos? What a stressful year 2020 was for so many of us. So I went off to that first doctor's appointment because of this pact with my friend and it was the gynecologist. But before I even got back there to the gynecologist, I had to follow the nurse to the scale and realized I had gained way more weight than I even believed I had over the past. However long I felt like I'd been punched in the stomach. I was so disappointed not just because of the unexpected high number on the scale, which was awful enough, but because of everything else I felt so disappointed in literally flashed before my eyes. All those times that I was so out of breath, even just cleaning the house or when it was painful to walk upstairs because my knees were carrying so much extra weight or how I didn't desire to go do the outdoor physical activities that I used to do in my twenties and my thirties when I was super active. I used to play tennis. I used to teach dance classes. I loved going to Pilates and hiking with my friends and playing with my kids and riding roller coasters with no back pain. (laughs) And I was no longer really doing those things, especially as much as I once did. I also realized how sedentary my life had become because kind of, of my photography business that I started at age 40, there was just so much sitting involved. And no one tells you this because of the calling through photos, the editing images, sending a million emails, creating wedding magazines, guides, and sending contracts and invoices. I know you other business gals out there are being like, yep, I hear you on that. I had not realized how much stress that I'd added to my life as a business owner who was booked and busy. 
as a mom of three, I was always at my kids' events and volunteering in classrooms and doing all the things all the time. But I hadn't realized that the overwhelm and the more sedentary lifestyle of those past six and seven years had affected my physical health and honestly, my overall mental well being. Plus, the chaos of those emotions, like I was saying in 2020, oh, not fun. And the way that I handled a lot of the stress was through bags and bags of M&Ms and Oreos and takeout. I ate my emotions for that first year of COVID life, which I'm sure resonates. So all that stuff just rushed right to the surface as I got off the scale that day and just all the other things I was feeling disappointed in myself about. Then the nurse said, time to check your blood pressure. Well, (laughs) great. Well, that was even worse than the scale, it turns out. I basically was one point away, or whatever you call the measurement of blood pressure, away from needing to go to the hospital. That was fun. That was terrifying. Plus, all I could think about was how both of my parents and my brother and my grandparents had high blood pressure. All of them lived on daily medication. I did not want that to happen to me. I was a person who was taking no medications for anything. I don't take anything. My husband sometimes has to force me to take an ibuprofen if like a leg is falling off. (laughs) By the way, my leg is not falling off. I knew in that instant, I couldn't make any more excuses that I needed to really wake up and fix this. And frankly, I was frozen with all this information. As an Enneagram 2, I knew that even if I wouldn't do it for myself, that I had to figure out a way to do it for my family or someone else. I knew my kids and my husband needed me to live for many, many more years. And I want to be around for their future and to be a cute grandma someday. My doctor wanted me to do some blood tests to check everything out that day because of the weight gain and the blood pressure. But I chickened out and snuck out when she left the room. That was enough bad news for me for that one day. And on the way home, I Marcoed my friend and I told her all about it. I tried to make it into jokes at first, like I often do when I'm very uncomfortable, but then I just, oh, sorry, it's making me tear up now. But then I just burst into tears and I told her everything I was feeling, including the disappointment in myself. I sobbed and I sobbed and I sobbed. Ah, it makes me just (laughs) feel all that again, remembering how painful that drive was. I actually saved that video and I've watched it twice in the past year. And every time it hurts my heart because I knew how alone I felt in the car that day and how sad and defeated I felt. It wasn't just about what I look like or what the scale had said. I just kept thinking about all the other things that gaining so much weight had stolen from me in my life. I wasn't sleeping well through the night, which of course affects our moods. I wasn't playing tennis or dancing or going hiking with my friends, which frankly affected a few friendships. I couldn't wear my favorite dresses on trips or any of my cute clothes, which used to give me confidence when I was out on date nights with Matt. I was just living in my leggings and my PJ pants most days. I wasn't putting myself in pictures with my family as much. Oof, that's gonna make me cry. And worst of all, my wedding ring, which is actually two rings that aren't sauntered together or however you say that, um, I could only wear one of them because it was uncomfortable to wear both. 
I felt so ashamed, especially in that as a wife who wasn't wearing both my rings, just because I was choosing a sedentary checked out existence when it came to food and fitness. Oh, the fear, the disappointment, the frustration, the defeat, all of it. So after I bawled my soul out on that call to my friend, I knew enough was enough. I didn't ever want to feel this way again. I wanted so badly to feel like my old vibrant self again. So the next day I changed my life. Now I am the one who wants to come over and give you (laughs) a giant hug. And while I was listening to that, my first instinct was empathy, feeling so sad for you. And then I was like, wait a minute, I don't have to feel sad for you because you took control of your life and you have started making changes. And now you have this amazing story to share. And I know I am someone who knows how hard it is to share that and open up about. So I appreciate you being willing to share it all with everyone who is listening. And I just so appreciate that we can both tell it from a place of, Hey, this was really difficult and this felt hopeless. And if it's possible for us to change things, it's possible for you too. Thank you, my friend. Just thank you. Gosh, we have both just come so far A lot of people have rock bottom moments like we did, and usually they'll put off starting till quote tomorrow or next Monday or January 1st. And you and I definitely did that a million times and failed at it. So why did this time work for us? I want us to both share with the listeners how we started the smallest of actions and these tiny shifts in our mindset, especially in those early days and how we were able to keep up the consistency and the momentum in those first three or four months that eventually got us to where we both are today, just over a year later. So we'll talk about the small pieces of our health puzzle, especially to give people hope and, and even some tips on where they could start, like the systems we put into place, the habits we decided that were non-negotiable, the routines, the support system that we added into our lives. So let's talk about some of the goals that weren't even about the scale itself. They were more about living an intentional life and not feeling shame anymore. We didn't want to give up after a day, a week, or a month. We knew it was about so much more than just eating less food and and going on the treadmill. So Leah, why don't you go ahead and, and share how you started those small changes in your life one day and one step at a time? So every other time I've tried to lose weight or get healthy in the past, I was an all or nothing type of person. This time I wanted to try the opposite approach. So I started small. The first month I started by simply writing down what I ate and trying to eat more nourishing foods. I didn't eliminate any foods, but rather focus on what healthier options I could add in. I also didn't start immediately tracking calories. I began just being mindful of what I was eating by writing down everything I ate in a food journal. When it came to activity, my body felt like it had a lot of limits. I was nearly 400 pounds and knew moving my body would be the hardest part for me. Before I started this health journey, I built my life and my days to be as easy as possible for myself. And that included moving as little as possible. 
I used to actually save trips to the kitchen until I had more than one thing to do in there because thinking about walking to the kitchen twice felt exhausting. This is what I was up against when I decided to start moving my body more. So I started by walking just 10 minutes a day in my backyard. And it was in my backyard because I was too embarrassed to walk through my neighborhood. I didn't want anyone to see me struggling for breath and see how slow I needed to walk. I was terrified that anyone who saw me would be judging me. And when I say walking for 10 minutes, I mean, literally just leisurely walking for 10 minutes. Eventually I started adding more steps wherever I could. For example, like I would just actually just like march in place in the kitchen while waiting for my coffee to brew. And I continued to walk every day. And within a few weeks, that 10 minute walk turned into a 20 minute walk and then a 30 minute walk. The more I moved, the more I realized how I was willing to expend more energy throughout the day. It's funny. It always felt counterintuitive to me. How could moving more make me want to move more? Wouldn't I be exhausted? But I was proved wrong. The more I moved my body, the more I realized my body was capable of doing more. And it wasn't always easy. My body was also very tired and often sore in those first few months and still sometimes today. But somehow, even while feeling tired and sore, I also felt more energized and stronger. While I walked, I listened to a podcast called Inspired Intentions by Skyterra Wellness Retreat. This is the retreat I found when researching a place where I could go to help get help losing weight in a healthy way. I ended up booking a stay for July and August in late March, but I didn't want to wait until then to start making changes. So in order to prepare myself, I started moving and educating myself by listening to their podcast. And I was not a podcast person at the time, which maybe is slightly blasphemous to say on a podcast, <laughs> but it just wasn't my thing, but their podcast turned me into a podcast person, motivation, inspiration, and education I received from their episodes helped me keep walking every day. That podcast is what helped me make so many mindset shifts I needed to make in order to turn this into a lasting change. They helped me see the all or nothing mindset, basically perfectionism, which is no surprise because I have a one wing. Um, They helped me see how that was holding me back and keeping me stuck and that I needed to approach this as a permanent lifestyle change rather than a temporary diet just to reach a goal. It also helped me really hone in on my why. Why am I doing this in the first place? What does getting healthier really mean to me? And having a strong why that doesn't revolve around what we look like, that was really important to me just as important as not being focused on the scale number, because I knew that would be discouraging if I was disappointed in what the scale said. I didn't want to give up just because of a number. Changing from the inside out was way more important to me because it reminds us why it's worth it, why we're worth it. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. For all you ladies listening to this, We want you to know how worth it you are. 
you are worth this. You are worth that first step, that time and energy to just start and to not give up on you. Don't give up on yourself anymore. No matter how many days you might fail. And trust me, Leah and I have had a million days that have held us back or, or that we feel that we, you know, quote early in the beginning failed on. You just get to get back up and try again and again and again. Gosh, um, thank you for sharing all those little things. And I think that's going to be super helpful to people so that they can see if one of those things resonates that they could just start trying. Gosh, there's so many things I want to share here that help me get started as well. And I want to reiterate, my main goal here is to give every one of you hope that you can pick up any of these little things that Leah and I are talking about today and just begin. We both decided the reason for this podcast is for you. We've already done this journey. We already know each other's story. We're already in the thick of it, but we've noticed that sharing it with the close people in our life has impacted them. So we knew if we could reach even more people, that is what we're doing here today is, is to give hope and not just to uh, tout what we've done, if that's the correct word. It does not require you overhauling your entire life. You do not have to make a big, complicated plan. It doesn't all happen in one day or even in one month. You really just can figure out one thing at a time, commit to that, and then build on it over time. That's exactly what she and I did. Okay. So I kind of went back to the beginning of my health journal. And again, as Leah said, she was tracking stuff in her own journal and I have my health journal where I was tracking stuff. I will say, I think both of us would agree with this, that that is one of the biggest key points. There is, uh, the times during the last 14 months where I wasn't writing in my health journal every day, I noticed, man, I was making some different decisions. I wasn't being accountable to somewhere. So I really do want to start with that. Please, please start with some sort of a journal. You can call it a health journal. You can call it whatever you want, but just start somewhere where you're writing stuff down. The acknowledgement, the awareness, like I've said before, awareness and accountability are life-changing, whether it's in marriage or weight loss or anything. It is where to begin. The first thing I want to share too, besides that, and it might surprise you, I decided I was not going to weigh myself at all. I didn't want to know. <laughs> I knew, frankly, that I would be disappointed by the numbers, no matter what they said. For me at that time, and especially because I always had been healthy and active and uh, feeling confident up until, like I said, getting into my 40s and then the six, seven, seven years that followed that. Needing to lose 45 or 50 pounds felt extremely overwhelming. I'd gained them over a span of years. So of course I thought this is going to take years <laughs> to get rid of, and that's just not fun. So I don't want to know. I, I knew this had to be about other goals too, and not just about the scale. I knew it would probably have to be about the people in my life or about the things that I was missing out on because I'm so heart-based as an Enneagram too, and especially as a one-to-one -one subtype. So I picked one thing that I thought after on that first night when I came home from the doctor's appointment after another long cry in my bed and feeling bad for myself and defeated and all those things, I decided what is the easiest, simplest thing I could do right now so that I feel like I did something. I decided I was going to go dump out my big Costco size bag of M&Ms in the trash and never buy them again. I let myself keep everything else in relation to the food. I didn't want to overwhelm myself. I didn't want to sit there and be like, this is right and this is wrong. This is good and this is bad. Oreos are evil. <laughs> I didn't want to do any of that. 
So I picked one thing. I knew M&Ms were having the biggest impact on me. I didn't do one of those big grand plans like I had in the past. And when I did those, I'd always gave up after the first failure point. So it didn't feel like I could fail by throwing the M&Ms away. I just said, girl, you got to stop eating M&Ms at your desk. No more snacking mindlessly while you're calling and editing and emailing. It was so mindless. And that's what I didn't want to have anymore. No more mindlessness. If I wanted an Oreo, I needed to think on it. But those Costco size bags of M&Ms, here's the truth. I replaced them every time they ran out, probably for a good year or two. That's not okay. Those are large bags. And until that moment, I hadn't realized how often I was actually just grabbing a handful of them every time I passed them. Whether it was at breakfast time, first thing I ate, a handful of M&Ms. Oh my gosh. After a meal as a treat, M&Ms would taste good. In addition to all those hours that I was working at my desk and snacking on them or when friends were over, something about dumping out those M&Ms in the trash, which I decided were the villain and not me <laughs> and saying, I'm not buying you anymore. It felt like I took my power back. Now, I know this sounds simple to some of you, and I'm really asking you in this vulnerability I'm sharing not to make fun of me and not think that this is so small because guys, it changed my life. I'm a different person. And taking back that power away from the part of me that was feeling so ashamed that had been asleep to this bad snacking lifestyle that I had created, it was so nice to feel in control of something just even on that first day where earlier I had just had the most devastating, disappointing morning. And I'll have you know, I've never had one single M&M since then. And that was 14 months ago on the date I'm, I'm recording this. So by taking away only one of my favorite treats, the one that I seemed to be most oblivious to, it wasn't as threatening as to quote, fall off the wagon. And it didn't feel like I needed to rebel against it. You know how we get girls when we get on a diet and I'm just like, I'm sick of eating salads. I didn't want that either. I was scared to death that was going to happen to me. So when I was like, it's just the M&Ms, the M&Ms are the villain. They caused everything. <laughs> it was just so much easier to blame the M&Ms <laughs> and not myself. Maybe that's all you need to do. Maybe there's something like that in your house that you could take back your power on just with this one thing to start building confidence in it. Kind of that whole fake it till you make it mentality. Who cares that there were Oreos in my cabinets? The M&Ms, I defeated them, the evil emperor Zerg. Okay, so the next thing I decided was, and this is that same day of that doctor's appointment, eyes are swollen red from all of the sobbing. The next thing I said to myself was, Alicia, go for a walk for 30 minutes. The doctor said to bring down blood pressure, the best thing I could do was to eat less salt and to walk. It didn't matter for how long in the beginning. She knew I was carrying XXX amount of weight. And I ain't saying what it was. So I went for the walk for 30 minutes that next morning. I didn't make a big thing out of it with all this kind of pressure. I didn't say I have to go this fast or this far or do this thing. I didn't have to do jumping jacks or anything else. I just said, when I wake up in the morning, go for a 30 minute walk at my favorite place. I'm kind of a visual senses person. So I knew it needed to be somewhere that made me happy. So I picked a nearby place that I love, Carolyn Commons, for those of you in the Scottsdale area. So off I went for my 30 minute walk. And I was very excited, but man, I was out of breath. 
and I was slower than I thought I was going to be. But I kept reminding myself that doesn't matter. The only rule is that you move for 30 minutes. I could walk at a snail's pace and it would still count. I could sit on a bench for 10 minutes and pause the time if I need it, but there would be 30 minutes of walking. And guess what? I actually did 45 minutes. I was so proud of myself. I loved how it felt. It awakened something in me, especially because I didn't draft up this whole plan and worry about a ton of other rules that I might fail. I just told myself no M&Ms and walk 30 minutes. I succeeded on both of those. The next morning after that, day three, I was so excited for my walk and I actually did 50 minutes and I kind of went a little bit faster. And throughout that day, I just kept doing little marching in place around the house or getting up to go grab something that usually before I'd have been like, I'll wait till the next time I get up. I would have just given up and not got up to go get those things. As the day went on, I checked the Fitbit that I had recently bought and I realized I could make it to 10,000 steps if I just did this again the next day. I moved a little bit more that next day, which felt amazing. I was getting around 2,000 steps every of those other days of my life in those years before I'd started this. So what a life-changing decision that this had become. Um, And please just don't discount any of these small changes, especially if you're someone who is healthy. These are big for people like Leah and I and other people who are out there. Maybe your best friend, maybe your cousin, maybe your mom, maybe your daughter. There are other people in your life who are feeling like Leah and I were feeling. So don't discount these small changes because man, they're super vulnerable for us to share and they are major. They changed our lives, especially as people who are not being as active on a consistent basis like we were. So I made those my only goals. No M&M, walk 30 minutes, try to get 10,000 steps. I still didn't change any of the food things at that point. Some days I would only get 6,000 steps. Some days I didn't go on the walk, but I didn't treat this like a diet, like those were failing days. I wasn't like day one, day two. I just knew I needed to do this every day for the rest of my life, like a job. That kept me focused on doing what I could instead of giving up. By week four, I hit my first seven days of 10,000 steps for the first time, which felt so awesome. As an Enneagram two with a strong three wing, a three wing craves achievement and success. I felt so happy and proud. I really leaned into understanding my motivations based on my Enneagram type. So that's what I want to encourage you guys to do as well. In those first couple of weeks, I could already see the difference in the mirror just of not feeling as bloated anymore. I wasn't weighing in, so I didn't know anything about the weight changes or not, but I knew I felt like a million times better. And I honestly had so much more mental energy. I had not realized in those years before how hard it was to focus when I was working, especially based on what I was eating and not moving at all. My emotions started feeling so much more balanced the more I just walked. That's all I was doing, you guys. I wasn't aerobicizing. I wasn't strength training. I wasn't off doing the coolest new workout. I was literally walking just like Leah said she was doing. I felt less impatient than I had before. I was honestly breathing easier. I started sleeping better over the over the nights in those first couple mornings. That was all just in that, in those early months with no aim at scale confirmed weight loss and without forcing myself to change my entire nutrition plan, because honestly, that scared me the most. 
I did everything in baby steps. I realized I'd started making small food changes naturally when I was going out to eat or picking something up from the grocery store. This was by choice because of how I was feeling, man, if I, if I killed it on that walk that day and I was feeling so good, of course, I'd rather choose the salad than the pasta when I went out, but it was not a requirement. I had started eating breakfast which I was terrible at before. And I know so many friends who also suffer from that, but because I was having these walks now, I actually had an appetite in the late morning, which was kind of frankly, the first time in a decade that that was happening for me. So I was having toast, a banana, a scrambled egg in the morning. I was choosing fruit sometimes at a meal without it being a requirement or something I could have failed on. It was a choice because I felt better when I changed these small things. I naturally stopped craving candy bars and cookies and treats and even those M&Ms, the evil M&Ms, which I'd been eating all the time in the years prior to this. And it actually felt filling and yummy to be choosing salads and those other healthier options as opposed to having to cut stuff out. It was even better because it wasn't a requirement, like I said. This was not a diet. It was a choice to not have high blood pressure anymore or to even be close to going on medication for that and to do everything possible to start wearing the other half of my wedding ring again. And I'm not going to cry about that again right now. I went into those restaurants, not on any kind of a food plan or even tracking the calories. I just knew I wanted to hike with my friends again and play tennis again and wear my clothes again. And most importantly, be in the pictures with my family. Again, I didn't know when I'd get those things back, but I knew that they were guaranteed because of these small choices I was making. And that motivated me more than any excuses to not get up and go. My only requirement of the 30 days of walk and aiming for 10,000 steps, it was just so simple and easy and nice. On the days I couldn't do it, I didn't beat myself up or believe I ruined some big plan. I just told myself, this is for life. So tomorrow I will do those things. This is forever. So you have days that you can't go, but don't let them be two days in a row. And even if they are, then don't let it be three days in a row. The funny thing is I actually missed walking and being outdoors on the days that I didn't go. When my grandmother died a few weeks into my health journey, I thought I did not want to get up and walk anywhere, especially after a night of tears with having lost her. But that walk <laughs> made me feel her presence and helped me process the enormous pain of losing her. I know I've heard people in the past talk about how fitness makes them feel better. Man, I couldn't go without my run. If I didn't go for my run, I wouldn't feel like myself, but I had never experienced that. So I hadn't gotten it until then. But during this time when I was experiencing that and walking was helping me through grief and frustration sadness and tiredness and every other emotion that I used to turn to M&Ms or TV for, it was such a blessing in my life. The other thing that just naturally started changing was my sleep because I started getting up to go for these walks every day at eight. My body was starting to get more tired in the evening. Before that, I used to stay up till one or 2 a.m. working, calling, editing, and just having plain old stress insomnia about all the things on my plate and what clients were waiting on. And now my body was naturally getting sunshine in the morning because of those walks. And that changed my melatonin patterns without even realizing it. 
sleep is honestly the biggest game changer in life that will not only help you lose weight, but become healthier in every single aspect. I don't think we all hear that, but I don't think I really understood that or realized how factually true that is until now, until 14 months into this, where I can prove that that is true. I also started treating my time more valuably. I started saying no to things that took away my time or made me feel overwhelmed because I knew I wanted to conserve all this wonderful new energy for my family, for myself and this movement and for my clients. I unknowingly became so much more intentional with my time and was able to focus when I worked instead of wasting hours scrolling social media or comparing myself to others. That alone is one of the greatest benefits as a business owner. Treating this weight loss journey like a job made me prioritize myself through health. And as an Enneagram 2, prioritizing myself does not come easy. That was so challenging for me because we prioritize others first. And especially even just as a mom and wife. A few other things I just wanted to share real quickly because they are the small things that I think could help somebody out there were realizing I had I didn't want to eat past six or seven anymore. It made my stomach hurt. I'd never realized that before that when I was eating at eight or nine or snacking, my stomach was gurgly. It just didn't feel good when I went to bed. So slowly over time, I started eating earlier in the evening. Game changer. When I started, another thing was when I started making some small food changes, I gave myself permission to start small. I started with condiments, like seriously, LOL. (laughs) Anyone who knows me, first of all, will tell you that chips and salsa are like what I breathe. Basically, I eat them the most. So over that next week, I scoured the grocery store shelves and I compared all the salsa labels to see which ones had the best natural ingredients in them. I bought three of them to try and I narrowed it down to my favorite that I like to eat. Shout out to Trader Joe's salsa. And because I like the experience of feeling proud, changing my salsa out to a healthier salsa with less calories, I then did the same with all the other condiments in my refrigerator. I'm talking the jelly. My jelly is so healthy now and does not have added sugar or any of that other junk. My ranch dressing. Listen, no one's forcing me to live without ranch. If you're going to have me eat carrots and celery, I'm eating them with ranch. So I went through all the ranches, narrowed it down to the three best and decided I was going to taste test them and pick one. And to this day, I love it. You can find it in the grocery store, Panera Ranch. Yum. Then I looked through the peanut butters and I did it with the breads. Dave's 21 grain bread. Oh, chef's kiss. So I did the same thing with chips, popcorn, protein bars. I just did this over time, over a series of months. And because I did it that way, instead of throwing everything out of the cabinet one day, which is just going to make us rebel, frankly, or at least for me or someone like me, doing it over a series of months It just naturally ingrained all these healthier versions of things instead of me saying you can't have ranch anymore, which frankly, I might have given up. (laughs) As far as restaurants and fast food, I noticed I was naturally wanting to order healthier things, like I'd said, because I was feeling better and my clothes started fitting better. Nothing was off limits. I made different choices. And I'd say it was probably like 75% of the time by those first several months in that I realized I was eating better naturally. And I hadn't taken anything out. I just was making changes. I love walking so much and the peace it brought. 
to my heart and to my mind. I even sometimes walked in the morning and in the evenings, especially when I could get somebody to go with me. By week six, my friend encouraged me to do an in-body assessment. I didn't want to see the weight on the scale because I knew it's never what you want it to be, but it was pretty exciting to find out I had lost 16 pounds in those first six weeks just from all these things that weren't rules. While 16 pounds might not sound like a lot to some of you, when you need to lose 50 or 60 pounds, I could see the big changes in my body and feel how different my life was feeling. Those 16 pounds was everything. That's when I knew my mind had changed forever and how I was viewing my body and my thoughts about weight loss changed forever. It was more about how I felt, the energy I had than about how I looked or the scale because I was already feeling like I'm, I'm looking good and I was feeling strong and confident and had more endurance, frankly. Motivation has nothing to do with it, at least for me. Some days it was so hard to go and I hated it, but I just stuck with consistency and habit no matter what. Consistency is the most important word in my vocabulary now. I know with consistency, I can do anything I want in life. I've even been applying consistency as a rule to some of the work things that I've been doing, and I'm starting to see some small business dreams and goals slowly coming true. And because I look at them with consistency, I'm looking at them as seeing the results next year. I'm going to be consistent in them for the rest of this year and get to see those results because I know they're coming because I see it in my body with physical health. Gosh, I have so many more things that I could share and about the initial small changes I made in those first few months, but we're limited on time. But I do want to tell any of you listening that if you need someone in your corner to help you get started or talk over those initial first steps to change that Leah discussed, that I've discussed, and we have some more to share with you, obviously, I would love to be your life coach or accountability partner to help you get started. I never want someone to feel how I felt. I can't help you with the weight loss or the weight ins or the medical advice, but I can listen to the frustration of being stuck and feeling defeated and feeling disappointed in where you are right now. I can help you have hope and start setting goals and seeing a bigger picture full of possibility and be there to listen. I can be your encouraging partner and a safe place where you can be accountable to yourself and honest about what you're going through. If you need that in your life, don't hesitate to reach out to me at alishalarkey.com on my website, or you can email me at alishalarkey at gmail.com and you can book a live coaching session with me. Okay. Sorry. I talked for so long, my friend, but gosh, it's so hard to narrow down in one interview. These really important things that changed my life. And I know you and I talked even before this, that we didn't care how long each other talked. We just knew we needed to share all these things because something is going to impact someone. And those are only the starter things for both of us. I know we both have had even bigger things that as we got deeper into our health journey, into the six months to a year points. So do you want to start with those places, those people and those systems that you started implementing after those first few months of the small steps? And then I'll share mine next. Yes, I would be happy to. Um, so eventually I decided that tracking my calories and weighing my food would be the best option for me. I know this is something that doesn't work for everyone. 
but I had, I personally had no idea how many calories I was actually eating before. So tracking my food helped me educate myself on how many calories and how much protein are in certain foods. And this is also what helped me make sure I was in a calorie deficit since that is basically the one thing all weight loss experts agree needs to happen in order to lose weight. I also added in occasional at-home strength training. I mostly did bodyweight workouts like squats, wall push-ups, planks, sit-ups. I had a pair of seven pound dumbbells that I used for some bicep curls and a few things, but I mostly kept it to body weight only. I went to my retreat over the summer and worked out with a trainer and in a group setting for the first time in my life. It was very scary and intimidating, but it was so good for me. It was simultaneously the hardest and the absolute best summer of my life. This retreat is also where I found I have a love for pickleball. I honestly didn't think I would ever find an exercise or activity that I actually craved. I thought I would just have to suffer through exercise for the rest of my life, but I really do crave playing pickleball. It is so fun for me, but I'm so grateful. I found this sport I love and that is now a regular part of my life. I honestly feel like I could cry um, thinking about how blessed I feel to have a way to stay active that brings me true joy. It's something that I would want to do, even if I didn't burn any calories at all. And that means so much to me. I also eventually started weighing myself every day. This is something that I don't recommend to everyone. And I did not start out doing this. For the first six months, I only weighed myself once a month. That was super important for me because even though I knew things were changing and that I was changing, it still helped encourage me to see that weight loss was happening on the scale too. And if I would have been weighing myself daily or weekly at the beginning, I don't know if I would still be on this journey because I would have seen multiple times the scale being up or not changing, and it might've discouraged me enough to give up. So weighing monthly was definitely what I needed at the beginning, but then I started getting curious about how and when in the month I was actually losing weight. I knew that with women's hormones, you can often see fluctuation on the scale. And I wanted to learn when my body was naturally up and naturally down so that the number on the scale wouldn't make or break me. I saw weighing myself every day as a way to take away the scales power that I felt like it had over me. And I learned that my body can fluctuate to 10 pounds depending on where I am in my cycle. Literally, I've seen my weight go up 10 pounds in one week and then it goes down. So now that I know what to expect, I won't be thrown off or discouraged when I see the number go up because I know it's just part of how my body responds to hormone changes throughout the month. And I can understand that it's water weight or inflammation and know that if I stay the course and I keep up with a calorie deficit, it's not actual fat gain that is happening when I see the scale go up. Every month, there is about two and a half weeks where I don't lose weight or the scale just goes up. That's a long period of time to not see results when you're putting in the work. But then the next week or week and a half, we see the scale go down. So it also, also helps me 
realize that one day isn't going to throw everything off because my body isn't actually losing or gaining the weight each day. It's more gradual than that. And it doesn't happen like I would expect it to. Although weighing yourself daily is not for everyone, for me, it has been a great tool when it comes to learning more about my body and also shifting my mindset around the scale and what true progress really means to me. Something else that was important to me uh, was to check on my hormones and make sure that I was losing weight in a healthy and optimal way. So I decided to hire a hormone specialist. I have also been seeing a naturopath throughout this whole process who helps me find supplements specifically for me and my body. These things have been such important parts of this journey for me because it helps me focus on getting healthy from the inside out, which is ultimately what I want. Wow. That is so amazing. Thank you for sharing all these places and systems and people that have helped you on your journey. I think for sure that's going to help some people figure out if they want to start in some of those places. There's so much incredible detail there. Okay. So I guess it's my turn on this part too. I don't even know where to begin when it comes to sharing like all the biggest game changers in my health journey, especially after we got through this first first months of the smaller things, but I'll start with the first one that I believe made the biggest impact on making me feel safe in my weight loss path. That was orange theory, but not because of what you guys might think it's because it wasn't because of the workouts and the classes and sweating, although they're amazing. And I highly recommend them. If that's the the route you choose to go, it was because of their OT band. So that's their orange theory band. And it's basically like their version of tracking your heart rate, your calories, your steps, like a Fitbit or an Apple watch. There are five levels of your heart rate. I hope I'm saying that right. There's gray, blue, green, orange, red, red, obviously being like a hundred percent of your max heart rate and gray being lower, like when you're just stretching and stuff like that. Um, and one of their theories is getting into the orange zone. Um, and I don't want to take up a whole hour explaining orange theory, but, and you can obviously reach out to me privately if you, if you want me to share the whole full story on this, but as someone who was still carrying an extra 45, 50 pounds, I was always so nervous about breathing so hard in my workouts. So I needed to feel safe first. That was just something I knew I needed. I literally thought I was going to have a heart attack sometimes when I was doing anything that wasn't just walking at a pace that I was comfortable in. Right. So it's kind of like getting out of that comfort zone, but what was going to make me feel safe enough to do that? Well, the OT band helped me feel safe because you could actually see the zones you were in. And I just kind of got myself safe in each one. So in those early days, in my one month at Orange Theory, I felt safe in blue zones. So there's gray, like I said, that's where you're just like walking and existing. And then blue zones where you're pushing a little bit harder. This is this is like walking um, with a little bit, you know, of an elevated heart rate. So and it's also fat burning zone. So I stayed there and I learned to trust my body in that zone and not feel like I was going to have a heart attack or something. So after I felt comfortable there in those first days, I worked a little harder to go into green zone. And I hadn't really gone past that. I got really super comfortable in green zone, which again, is still fat burning and cardio zone. Um, it's a great zone to be in and one that I, that I live at most days and being able to see it right here on my phone screen. So I would just put it up. So your whole phone screen is kind of like lit up, um, in that color. So I'm able to see it no matter how far away I was, if I'm rowing or on the treadmill or, or, um, doing like a bicep curl, orange theories zones 
made me feel safe and trust working out and learn how my body was reacting to different things that I needed to understand. And eventually I got brave enough, um, to go into the orange zone. So, and I was not there to compete with others, but I 100% understand how that motivates some people. So they put your heart rate zones up on a, on a television when you're a TV screen or computer screen, I guess it would be, <laughs> look at me aging myself in my late forties, but it's a computer screen that has everybody's heart rate zones up. And, and some people use it for like competing and stuff like that. And I get that. That's awesome. But I was not there for that. I don't want any part of that. I just wanted to feel safe. I was there to learn what my body was capable of. Um, and kind of having it remember like how, when I used to be active. So without orange theory and that band, that OT band where I could watch the colors change on my phone, which I used in all my walks and any other workouts, I don't know where I'd be. I really credit that for being a game changer for me. So if you're someone who is scared to work out because you feel like you're going to die <laughs> or have a heart attack, try something like this method, whether it's on your Fitbit, your Apple watch and or orange theory band or any of those other kind of things. I think there's probably apps out there like this, but again, I wouldn't know apps very well. <laughs> um, but something like this method where you can start learning about how your body is reacting to movement. It was a game changer and I still use it in every single workout to this day. In fact, my Saturday workout, I had 47 splat points and today's workout, I had nine splat points. So, um, and I didn't get any splat points yesterday. So you'll kind of go through a gamut of different things, but again, and I was only actually at Orange Theory for one month. My husband and son also went and they loved it. They were there for two months. And anyways, I would highly recommend it. Okay. After starting to feel more comfortable moving my body and pushing myself harder and watching my heart rate training, I knew that for me, my next step had to be with someone. So I decided hiring a personal trainer was what was going to be best for me. And I knew I needed somebody who would be intentional and kind and truly listen to me. Someone who was an encourager and not one of those yellers like, come on, do 10 more. And not a tough cookie. I didn't need a tough cookie person. I'm a, I'm a nice sweet Enneagram too. So I wanted someone who saw my heart and would let me continue working to trust myself and my body. So I decided to join Lifetime near my house and I met my favorite person to spend all my mornings with my personal tra trainer and now a dear friend, Maya. I started personal training with Maya in August of 2022, and she started teaching me so many things I didn't know in addition to our working out. Uh, she helped me over time truly understand what protein does for you and how to use carbs. And I know this is all making me sound like I was probably super dumb and that's okay. But even where some muscles were and what they were called and why this particular um, workout was doing this particular thing to that muscle, you know, all those things that intimidates someone like me. So, and I had never really paid attention to that stuff before. I didn't need to, I was super active with more sport type things like hiking and tennis and Pilates and all those other things. So not weight training. So this was an area where I could spend hours talking about what the past 10 months of my life have been like and what I've learned, but obviously we don't have all that time today and what personal training has been like and having feeling like the gym is kind of my second home. It's the place, second place I spend the most time at because I'm there pretty much five and six days a week. And Maya's super important in my life. And I, you know, I want to sum it up as 
being an Enneagram two, I needed to be committed to someone else, especially in those, those earlier months and be committed that I had to meet someone else because I knew if I had an 8am scheduled with someone else, I would commit to that and not let them down. Now me on my own, I might've let me down. So I wasn't to a place though, where I was doing it for me yet. So I would encourage any of you out there listening who know you need that other person. So you'll stay committed, go to your local gym, ask for the nicest trainer there is who will hear you and go at your pace in the beginning. And frankly, what it built was trust. I learned to trust her because she was trusting me and building that relationship is life-changing. Maya is a non-negotiable in my life. And we take some breaks throughout the year from training, like obviously at the holidays or five trips coming up, but my strength training sessions are building the future for that goal that I have to be a cute grandma who is strong and active and has the endurance to take the grandkids to the zoo and freedom that health gives. And so I cannot recommend personal training enough. Another huge part of my weight loss journey and mental growth success has been the 75 hard program. I just started that recently, a few months back. I don't want to spend too much time explaining the whole thing, but I definitely encourage you if that's something you're interested in to Google 75 hard and see what the program is. It's basically five simple steps, but the commitment to mental fortitude is the thing for me that I felt was missing in my life and life changing. Just know that I, knowing that I could have a little more mental toughness than I was having and was hoping it would help me cut out some more things that I hadn't quite cut out as I was approaching the one-year health anniversary mark. So I adjusted when I needed to during my first phase of 75 hard, and I saw big results physically. But like I said, most important to me was the mental and emotional learnings I got from it. That's where the biggest impact that I value the most was from. Uh, the mental growth that you go through in 75 hard, honestly, is not like anything else. I 100% I am convicted when I say that. It's equivalent to personal training for your body, but it's for your mind. I'm currently actually on day eight of phase two of 75 hard. So I'm even doing it again. So clearly it's had that big of an effect on me. And I honestly plan to do this two to three times every year for the rest of rest of my life, even when I'm 80. I don't know about the picture part when I'm 80, but we'll see. <laughs> the final big game changer in this big lifestyle change is the most important, the people in my life, of course. Without Matt, my husband, who has been my biggest encourager and support system and the best gym driving partner, it just wouldn't have been as fun to go to the gym. So us getting in the car every day and having those eight minutes it takes to get to the gym and then he goes off to do his workout, I do mine. Plus, obviously, as I've mentioned, Leah, who's been my accountability partner for, you know, almost since day one, couldn't have stuck through those early spaces, um, that were hard to get up and go. I couldn't have, I couldn't have stuck through that without being able to Marco her and share the hard days and the crying days. And especially, like I said, when I was processing my grief and, and trying to also be this healthy person. And I want to shout out my bestie squad. Uh, they've been there this past year for me in the sweetest of ways, even my bestie, Suzanne, bringing me flowers to celebrate my my one-year health anniversary and Leah has, has been so sweet with some gifts as well through this whole process. And I plan to celebrate every year health anniversary because I have a bit better future because of it. 
and I'm very motivated by connection and being accountable to people outside of myself. So my bestie squad has helped me in those heart-based ways. Plus I consistently work on my Enneagram, on my own Enneagram personal development to keep me on track with like growing my blind spots. So we all know that there's tough days, no matter how hard we try to have a plan in place, whether that's getting sick or grieving the loss of someone or your cycle, or even just muscle soreness, because your body is building into a healthier version of you. And life just happens sometimes. And it's easy to give up on our physical cells on those kind of days. So I really encourage you guys to go find a program like Leah and I did, or a place like Leah and I did, or a person that you can be accountable to outside of yourself. Right, Leah? <laughs> yes. I, I feel like I could do a whole podcast just on how important accountability is. Mm. I purposefully didn't want accountability before because I wanted to be able to give up whenever I wanted. Um, so it has been extremely crucial as part of this journey. And before we totally wrap up, I just, I want anyone listening to this, to that thinks uh, a change like this isn't possible for them to know that it is. I don't believe I am the exception. I am not special in this way. I'm just someone who hit my rock bottom and decided not to let myself stay there. I'm someone who stays consistent, but also extends grace to myself day after day. And I think it's important to share that I am not making these changes because I hate myself or my body. I am making these changes because of how much I love myself and because I know what I and the people in my life deserve. And I know that I'm worth every bit of work I put into myself. And so are you. Mm. I love that message. Yes, to all of that, I co-sign. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that you were willing to come on here and share all this time. I know we spent a little longer than we expected to, but man, every single line of everything you said and everything I said is the truth of what we've experienced for 14 months. When people ask us how we did it, well, we just told you. We pretty much shared all of it. Now, some of it we could you know, even talk more on because both of us are so passionate about this. But I'm just so glad that we just took as long as we needed to really share our stories and mark this in our life because it's pretty awesome. And before you go, which again, I would rather sit here and talk for two more hours about this, but could you please share with us with our, with the listeners, how somebody could continue following your amazing journey, like your social media platforms. And I'm sure your story will have inspired several people listening today. So I'd love for you to just share where people can continue to find you. And I just want to thank you again, just for sharing your heart today, sharing your vulnerability, sharing your honest truth of all of it, especially the hard stuff to share. It's taken both of us a long time to get to this place and you've done it so well over on your social media. So I'm excited for people to follow you there. And it was just so great having this conversation with you today. It has been so great for me too, being here. And like you said, it really does feel like we barely even scratch the surface of all the things that we could share about this because of how much we have learned and grown and how passionate we are. 
Um, but hopefully this is at least a great starting point. And I love that even though me and you have been sharing with each other throughout this whole journey, it was just super fun and meaningful to be able to reflect back on what has stood out to me the most throughout the last 14 months. So thank you so much for having me here and allowing me to be a part of it. I do share all about my health journey on both TikTok and Instagram, and you can find me at Leah Hope Health is my username on both of those. If anyone has any questions at all, I would love to hear from you. One of my favorite things about choosing to share openly about this journey has been the connections that I've made with so many people, because it just reminds us we really don't have to be alone in this. Ah, exactly. Thank you so much again, Leah. This is just everything you shared is just perfect in the way of how our hearts are connected to our health journeys. And we shared these very private, vulnerable journeys with you all to give you hope and encourage you to know that you can do anything with just one step one small decision. And obviously our Enneagram types factor big time into our health and our weight loss journey goes. Like Leah said, she's an Enneagram nine. I'm an Enneagram two. So make sure that you listen to any previous episodes. If you need to learn more about your Enneagram type, or you can download my typing guide from my website, alishalarkey.com. And I want you all just to remember that the way we filter these experiences we have, no matter what they're about, whether they're about health or marriage or relationships or work or anything, or the way that we choose which goals to set or how we react when we fail those goals, um, can be handled in such more productive ways by understanding our type. Even though we have run out of time today <laughs> to go further into Enneagram typing and how that affects our mindset when it comes to getting healthy, I promise all of you listeners, I'm going to come back and share a podcast on that. I really did want to share about that today too and go through each of the types like I have in the the previous podcast. But as, as you saw, sharing our personal stories was super important to me. So, And I know that this topic of improving our health from the inside out can be overwhelming to even think about, much less to take action on. Everybody struggles with, well, where do I even begin? So if that's you and you are resonating with the things that Leah shared or that I shared, even the small parts of them, then you'll know from our answers, we started with one small step and then we got up the next day and did another small step and the next day and the next day. And we never gave up fully, even if we gave up for a day. Consistency continues to be the biggest key in both of our lives. We expect to live this way for the rest of our breathing days. And we're not going to let one day or two days of fail days make us ever give up fully. We approached our health journey as a slow lifestyle change and as our job not as a diet, not as something with some end date on it. We learned so much about ourselves along the way, and that kind of growth has impacted the people in our lives too, which makes both of us smile so big, just as we hope we get to do for you guys today. So if you're resonating with this and you're feeling alone like Leah felt or like I felt, and you don't know how to begin or where to begin, and you need somebody in your corner please don't hesitate to invest in life coaching. Seeking a session with an Enneagram life coach doesn't mean you're broken or lost. 
it's about getting the right support system in place and having someone by your side to offer a different perspective on your challenging situation. Working with a coach is often about clarity and taking the first steps. And sometimes we're just overthinking things too much, or we feel just organized in our thoughts, or we want help to make sense of the chaos of our emotions. So if you're wanting to build your confidence again and live your vibrant, intentional life, I am here for you. You can reach out to me through alishalarkey.com, or you can start an email to me, alishalarkey at gmail.com. And I just want to thank you all for spending your time listening today. And I want to thank my special guest, Leah Hope Mancuso at Leah Hope Health on Instagram and TikTok. I cannot wait for you guys to hear the next episode of the Enneagram Girl. I have a special guest joining me next time, and we're going to be talking all things friendships and the Enneagram. I know that this is a highly requested topic, so make sure to hit that subscribe button and I will see you all next time. Thanks for listening to the Enneagram Girl podcast. I'd be so thankful if you'd leave a rating and review in your favorite podcast player and subscribe to stay updated when each new episode drops. For full show notes and resources of the episode, head to EnneagramGirl.com. See you next time, my friend.